Well, hey, let's do what we always do. I'm glad to be here. How about you? Give me some love. Awesome. Great job. Hey, keep those clappers going real quick. Let's welcome everybody who's going to be watching later this week. We're fired up that you're with us, too. Hey, thanks so much for being here. If I haven't introduced myself to you, Tony's my name, and I'm one of the pastors on staff, and we're thrilled that you've joined us uh, this morning. And uh, again, way to go for being here. I actually don't think there's any better week, better, better way to start your week off than than uh, carving out an hour to come be at church with us, and so way to go on that. Hey, we're starting a new series called Dangerous Prayers. Dangerous Prayers. Now, that is kind of, if you're like me, the first time we thought about titling in this, uh, we kind of went, well, is that a little weird? Dangerous Prayers? Like, uh, I'm not sure if it even sounds right. Dangerous Prayers? Who names something Dangerous Prayers? I mean, we actually kind of want you to show back up, and uh, titling it like that seems a little just goofy, but the truth is, I think a lot of us actually play it safe. Uh, we have safe prayers. Uh, if you're around my dinner table, you will oftentimes hear me pray like this. God, I just pray that you'd help this Casey's Pizza not to go to my love handles. Amen. You know, like, that's a pretty safe, ridiculous prayer. God, I just pray that you'd help me have a good night's sleep and that my four kids would actually only wake up once in the middle of the night. Amen. You know, and we're just done. And it's, to be quite honest, it's pretty safe. And, uh, and just like Sam was describing uh, about his car, the Nissan, whatever he could have had, safe sometimes just stinks. I mean, life that is just completely safe, oftentimes is just no fun. You don't get to experience, you know, life to the fullest. And the truth is, if all we do is pray safe prayers, and we never go out and kind of bet the farm with our prayers, we never step out in faith and do things that are big and bold, and I'm not sure I really want to live life. You know, I just gets kind of just too casual. And the truth is, for our church, City Point Church as a whole, maybe you haven't been here for very long, uh, we don't really believe God's called us to a safe, kind of cruise control, uh, casual church. We actually believe God has actually invited us, called us, asked us to be a part of something bigger than that, something much bolder. And so then it starts to make a little bit more sense that we would call something dangerous prayers. Because the truth is, safe ones just don't get the job done. But dangerous prayers, bold, life-giving prayers actually do some things. And, and it actually asks God to show up. And actually, when we were starting the church off over a year and a half ago now, we did a series at an elementary school with, with a, you know, a team of 140 people uh, called Rumor Has It. And one of the messages I gave was, we want the rumor about our church to be that they are bet-the-farm risk-takers that we'll never insult God with safe living or comfortable you know, services, that we are bet the farm risk takers. We're faith-filled. And I just go, oh, that's exactly what I want us to be a part of. I want us to be a church that prays dangerous prayers, prayers that if God doesn't show up, we almost make ourselves look like a complete fool. And so we're going to pray big things. Now, during this series, before uh, I dive into the topic today, I, I want to let you know where we're going. Next week, um, we are going to be looking at a prayer that King David prayed, and it's in the book of Psalms, and the prayer consisted of really two words that we're going to dive into for the majority of the message next week. Two words are search me. He's asking God to search his life. He's going, God, here I am. Search me. Friends, there's maybe not a more dangerous prayer in all the Bible than asking God to search your heart to see if there's anything in you that's not good, that's not like him, that is just out of place. Because when you pray prayers like, God, here I am, search me, he does. And he reveals things to you that he might ask you to change. And when he asks you to change, when we don't, boy, 
it kind of sets God up to go, well, man, if, if you're not going to respond to the very things that I do in your life, then I'm not sure this is really working out very well. So we pray things like, search me. Uh, next week, just so you know, also we're going to take communion. It's going to be a phenomenal service. You don't want to miss it. And then we're going to wrap the series up week three, because then it's Easter the following week, with a prayer that Isaiah prayed. Isaiah was one of the prophets in the Old Testament, and he prayed one of the boldest, dangerous prayers I've ever read about. His prayer was, God, here I am, send me. Almost like, here I am, God, I'm in a room, you know, 100 people or so, but send me. I know you could send Frank, but I'll get the job done. I know you could send Tina, but God, you send me. I want this call. It's this invitation going, God, I know there's a lot of other people that you could choose, but God, I want you to choose me to go and do the work that you've asked me to be a part of. And so we're going to look at that message on week three, and the truth is, I hope Week three fires you up so much because the next week is Easter Sunday. And the invitation that I'll give you on week three is to invite God to choose you, to send you to your neighbor, your coworker, your family member and friend to ask them back to church or to talk to them about Jesus. And as we all respond to this idea of God, here I am, send me, I think it'll catch our county on fire People will go, no way, there's a church who prays dangerous prayers and who responds in bold, crazy ways. Now, today, uh, we want to kick the series off by kind of introducing why, again, we're doing this series, Dangerous Prayers, and it's because we have a church that has a very clear mission and vision. We are, you know, spent a long time prior to starting this church asking God what you wanted us to be a part of and, and who he wanted us to be and, and how he wanted us to operate. And as he revealed what type of church that we were to start, it you know, quickly became apparent that it was not going to be a normal, casual, cruise control church. We were going to be a church that was aggressive, that did things whenever God asked us to do, even crazy things like give a pair of shoes away to every kid at an elementary school. And we're just like, all right, God, if you're asking us to do it, we'll just do it. And ever since we've started, we've felt the need to piggyback on the big, bold vision that God has given us to have bold prayers to support it along the way. Now, some of you, you maybe are new here, and you're going, well, what is it? I mean, what is the vision? What is this church all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Way to go. I'm glad you asked. That's what I want to do today. I want to share with you why we have to pray dangerous prayers, why we have to pray bold, crazy prayers. And you'll quickly find out as I kind of map this out, this is going to kind of be the best way I can describe for you the vision that we have at our church. You'll go, oh, it's a no-brainer. Safe, casual prayers wouldn't work here. I mean, they'd get mediocre, not very good results, and we can't have that because our vision doesn't match that. So if you're a note taker, I want to encourage you to just, you know, draw some stairs. These are pretty steep stairs, by the way, but draw five stairs, and you can start penning in kind of the, the topics that go with each stair. And I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you kind of the, the five W1Hs. You know, it's the who, what, where, when, why, and then how. And I think as we answer those questions, you're going to get a good idea of what's this church all about. Why are dangerous prayers needed? Why, I mean, why is it such, you know, intensity around City Point Church to create a church that unchurched people love to be a part of? And as we kind of share the vision of City Point, I think it'll just be a no-brainer for the rest of the series why we got to have dangerous prayers. If, uh, if you're taking notes, the first, the first uh, you know, stair step is the, is the who. Who 
Who is City Point? Uh, who are we? I think you could sum up who you are with the lump sum of your beliefs and values. Who are you, City Point? Uh, what is City Point uh, all about? Who is City Point Church? Well, if you were to ask me, hey, Tone, what are the beliefs that you hold to here at City Point Church? It'd be fairly simple. I'll describe why in a little bit. But you could sum them up with our belief in God, our belief in Jesus, our belief in the Holy Spirit, uh, what we think God has you know, positioned us as people and his Bible, the Holy Scriptures. Uh, the truth is we believe God has eternally existed in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a belief that we have. We believe that God sent Jesus to the world, fully human, fully God, to be a sacrifice for our sins. We believe that God asked him to do it and that Jesus willingly accepted that responsibility died on the cross for our sins, rose three days later, and it's just a core belief that we have that Jesus came for each and every single person that we rub shoulders with that they might have a chance to receive forgiveness and hope and life with God. Uh, we also have a belief that God and Jesus sent the Holy Spirit as a helper, a convictor, to, to guide and navigate our lives. Sometimes we, uh, we might do something that we shouldn't do, and we go, oh, I'm not really sure. That ooh part might just be the Holy Spirit going, I want so much better for you. And there might be times where you're tempted to go one way, and, and you feel a nudge to go the right way, and we just kind of assume that's the Holy Spirit kind of guiding you in the right way. We have a belief in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We also have a belief that all of us were made in God's image, that we weren't screw-ups, we weren't a mistake, and maybe that's the very reason you're here today, is to hear maybe for the first time that you weren't a screw-up, that God has a plan for you, that God desperately loves you and wants the best for your life. We believe that to the core of our being. Unfortunately, though, we also believe that in the scriptures it teaches that we have all fallen short, that we're all sinners, and nobody argues that. I mean, my like on the way out, I just watched my, my family walk out the, the doors and one was puking on the way out. Like she's just a screw up. She's got, you know, she's sick at times. My, my infant is, I mean, she already starts to do the wrong thing. Pull hair and you're just like, what's wrong with you? Well, we're all naturally going to go the wrong way. We're all sinners and we need a savior. We just believe that to the truth of all of us. But we also believe if, if we accept Christ, we can be made right with God. Now, the last thing that we kind of hold to one of our core beliefs is that the Bible is God's word for our lives. It instructs us on how we're supposed to live life. It, it is truth for us, and it holds the standard for our lives. And, and we just kind of go, that's, that's our core beliefs. Now, you might respond, and you're not right now, but you might think to yourself, well, aren't there a lot of others? And we go, yes, there are. There's lots of others. There's lots. And that's when I draw this in my office. If I'm talking to you, I go, you know what? It's kind of like this target. There's three, three rings, you know. There's beliefs, this middle one, that we would say we die for. The beliefs that we just hold, you know, true, and we're not going to shift on them. It's the very ones that I just described for you. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to heaven except through him. This one right here is the very one that we often, you know, will talk about. The other stuff is maybe a belief that we might defend. And the last ring is discuss. We think for far too long there have been churches 
who spend too much time in this outer ring on issues that they should just be discussing or defending, and they just miss out on it, and they start feeling like the whole thing is stuff that they should die for. And we're going, no, 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 no. We'll hold true. What are people doing with Jesus? And if, it, if they got Jesus right, then boy, you fit here. So you're not gonna hear us you know, squabble about how we do communion. We're gonna do it in a way, and you might go, I don't know if I do it that way. We go, well, just relax. It's not something we die on. We'll discuss that one. And if you have a problem with that, whatever. We're cool with it. Just come. Do you agree that Jesus is everything? And they go, uh-huh. And we go, you'll fit just right in. Our beliefs, there's a few things that we hold to real tightly, and the rest we go, you know what? It might just be a defender or a discuss issue. That's our beliefs, our values. Um, the best way I can put these things, if, if we were to, you know, get cut and bleed, what would bleed out of us? You know, you mean, like blood, yeah, duh. Well, if you were a Hawkeyes fan, if you got cut, you'd bleed black and gold. If you were a City Point fan, what you'd bleed would be our values. I mean, what's inside of you? What's the DNA of, you know, people who come to City Point Church who buy in fully? Well, for us, one of them, we have five, is found people... Find people, FP, FP. Found people, find people. Found people, we, we, if you've stepped over the faith line, if you've given your life to Christ, you've accepted the fact that you on your own, there's not any hope, there's not any joy. You on your own, you're, to be quite honest, forgive me, you're screwed. You go, I can't earn my way to God. I can't give enough. I can't show up to church enough. I can't, I remember being at, you know, Fairway, walking, you know, old ladies' groceries out to their car. I can't do that enough to earn my way to God. There's not enough good things you can do. And you discover that it's only what Jesus has done on the cross for me. And when you take a step over the faith line, there's just something that innately happens in us that go, I've been found. I've accepted God's grace and his love I have to find other people. I have to care about my neighbor, my coworker, my family member, and my friend now. Found people, they go and they find people. Another one of our core values is save people, serve people. Save people, serve people. Uh, this, is, this is crazy to me. There's been so many people who've bought in at this, at our church, that just blows me away. We have over 200 people who serve at City Point Church. I go, way to go. We even have crazy people who dress up in a dog costume, which can I just give him a round of applause for welcoming our kids? I go, that's bonkers to me. That's bonkers to me. Why? Because he cares or she cares. Whoever's in that costume week to week cares that when your kids show up for the first time, that they come into our doors with a big smile and face. We have bubbles out there. Just, I mean, I was just talking to the dog Austin guy today. He's like, I almost dressed in my ankle, you know, playing in the bubbles. And I just go, right on. Save people, serve people. They just kind of go, God's given me a talent. He's given me an ability. He's given me a spiritual gift. Yours might not be dog costuming. I don't know what yours is. You might have to figure that out. But it's still the desire that if, if I have Jesus in my life, you want to know what just naturally happens? is I start to look for ways to serve people. I start to look for ways to make sure that they know that they're cared for. Save people, just serve people. It's a value that we have. It's a bottom tier. It's kind of like it sets the foundation for our church. Another value is we do life together. 
We do life together. We say this all the time around here. You gotta, you gotta at some point move from being in a row to moving to a circle. We have life groups. We you know, have teams that set up in the morning and, and work at guest services and do life in the kids' rooms, and they start to do life together. We think there's no quicker way to start to grow in your walk with Christ than when you're rubbing shoulders with somebody else. We do life together. Just get involved. We build friendships. It's a big deal for us. Uh, another core value is growing people change. Growing people change. If I can be quite honest, there's too many people who step over the faith line and kind of go, that's the finish line. <laughs> I'm done. Uh, you know, uh, now I'm going to go on cruise control. And the more you come to church, you read, spend 15 minutes a day with God, open Bible in a journal, and you go, God, you just show me. Kind of next week, search me, God. You'll discover that growing people, they don't stay the same. Growing people change. They become more like Jesus. You, you start to go, man, that just person just encouraged me. They just lifted my spirits just like Jesus would do. Growing people change. Then the last value is uh, you can't outgive God. You can't outgive God. It's a value that we just spent the last three weeks on and that I am so incredibly proud of this church about. 30 plus first time givers during the last three weeks. That is mind blowing, just so you know. People just responding to this. You can't outgive God value. Now, I tell you all of that because it answers the who we are question. Who are you, City Point? Well, we are the lump sum of our beliefs and our values. And you're going to hear us most often time talk about the values and the beliefs that we're going to die on because we just don't have a lot of time to waste defending and discussing things. We just go, what are you doing with Jesus? Can we both agree that he's the way, the truth, and the life, that he's everything? And if you can agree and we can agree, we just go, we'll figure out the rest as we go and reach people for Christ. And it helps us be simple helps us get really clear on the who we are. Now the second, you know, the second step is the what. It's the what we do. This is who we are. This answers what we do. What we do. Our mission is simply put our name. Now write it down. Our mission is point people to Jesus. You might ask, well, where do you get that from? And the truth is, Every church should have the same mission because Jesus gives it to us. You can look it up sometime. It's in Matthew 28, and the mission is the same. It's called the Great Commission. It's what he, Jesus, charged each and every believer, each and every church to go and live out. This is, I have given you this mission of going into all of the world in discipling people and pointing people to Jesus. This is the commission that we have. Now, we word it in a way that makes sense for us. We, you know, what do we do? We point people to Jesus. It helps us get really clear. Nobody is fuzzy on that. Hey, what, what does City Point do? Well, you know what? They, they just point people to Jesus. Well, what about after they point people to Jesus? Well, they just point them again. They just keep on pointing them. And, well, doesn't that get tired and old? Well, no, actually, the more we point people to Jesus, the more they become like Jesus, and the more we see God do incredible things in their life. What we do and who we are really matter. 
But friends, what fires me up, what wakes me up out of bed to go to work the next day, what, what makes me go setting up in this building, you know, yeah, it takes a lot of work, but who gives a rip? I mean, we're going to do this. It does not matter. I mean, setting up kids' rooms, who cares, is the why. This one's the why. Our why is our heartbeat. It's our lifeblood. Our why is we really care. We really care. Who we are, what we do, we point people to Jesus. Well, why in the world do you waste your time? Why in the world do you bust your back? Why in the world do you have a guy in a dog suit? Why in the world do you have, you know, 40 adults who serve in kids' rooms that last week in the first service had 84 kids show up to? I mean, who's crazy enough to create a church like that? That's like hard work, you know, hanging out with my booger-faced kids. Why do you do that? It's because we really care. We really, really care. John 3.16, you can write that down, in Matthew 22. John 3.16 says, God so loved. He so cared. He desperately cared about you and about me. He cared so much that he gave his son, our core beliefs, to come and live a life that if we believed in it, if we gave our lives to Jesus, that we could have life with God. God desperately cares. God so loved the world. He so loved you. And we just go, if God cared about it, we have to care about it. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 22. Uh, some guy pressed in and go, hey, Jesus, what's the two greatest commandments? You know, what's the biggest, best ones of them all? And he just a no-brainer. He said, love God and love people. Love God and love people. And I'll just be honest. When I started this church, when I was starting to get the word out about City Point Church, there was a handful of people that would almost laugh. They'd go, Tony, are you, are you serious? You're starting a church where? And they'd just be like, what are you? And like, how many people live there? And I'd be like, 7,000 on a, you know, a good day. And they're like, no way. Why are you going to waste your time there? I said, because I care. I care. And God cares about them. And the truth is, the more I sat in it, the more our team sat in it, we kind of just developed this mantra that nobody else cares. Nobody else gives a flying rip about Washington, Iowa than Washington, Iowa people. Nobody else gives a flying rip about Washington County except for Washington County people. I mean, we are flyover country. People just fly over. To be quite honest, people actually crop dust us when they fly over, but like, we are flyover. People just skip over rural Iowa. And we felt God lean in and go, you know what? I desperately care about each and every person in this county and the counties that are surrounding. And God started to just and light up our hearts and just go, what if we were the ones? What if we were the ones who said, you want to know what, what we're going to do is we're going to be the ones who care about the people nobody else gives a flying rip about. We'll own it. We'll do this. We'll create churches because we really, really care and God cares. And so 
I'll tell you about this a little bit later in the goals part, but why is we really care? The, the how is the strategy. How? You got who, what, uh, why are you going to do it? But, man, if you miss the how, then you're really just a babbling fool. I mean, you're just up here like, hoorah. And if you can't describe your strategy, then good luck. I mean, you're not going to have a prayer of a chance. But how, it might sound superficial to you, but it is so deep for us. How are we going to accomplish all of this? We're going to do it by doing great church or do great church. Why are we going to do great church? Because we really care. Why do we care? Because we think God's asked us to point everybody towards Christ. So we have to do great church. Now, some of the pushback is like, well, what do you mean great church? I mean, what does that even mean? Well, for us, it means that we want to partner with people who come every single week and provide church services and experiences where we get together that are done at such a level that you go, yeah, I'll bring my friend back to that. Yeah, I'll take a shot and I'll invite Frank, my neighbor, or Bob. I'll bring them back. We're going to do great church. We're going to have great music to the best of our ability. I'm going to do my best to present a message that's clear, makes sense, that helps people take steps with Christ. Our ministries that we offer on Sunday mornings are going to be next level good. We just think, boy, if you get your kids in Kids Point, they're going to hear about Jesus on their level. It's going to be incredible. We're going to do great church. Our life groups are going to be so fun. They're going to be inviting. They're going to just, they're, it's going to be great church. Now, some people go, well, is that all you're going to do? Aren't you going to do like a knitting club? And aren't you going to do like the food bank? And aren't you going to do all these things? And we go, no, no. Because our strategy, quite honest, is just do great church. When we started City Point, we kind of did a survey of the city of the county, and we looked at the different areas that are already being provided for. And we found that, that there's entities and partnerships that we could link up with that are doing certain things that we could pour all of our energy to, clothing and food and you know, extra things that we could be a part of. And we just said, what if, what if we partner with them, but we keep our strategy really clear, real simple? We're just gonna do great church. We're gonna do what we do to the best level that we can. And then it just dawned on us. We said, what's the one thing that we can do that would provide the greatest return on investment? And for us, we said, what if we do a knockout job to the best of our abilities with Sunday mornings and the life groups that we offer? Student ministry. What if we just did great church? We just poured our energy into providing atmospheres that when you showed up, you'd go, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. I like showing up to church. What a great time. Now, we let those kind of feelings of insecurities about that statement kind of dissipate when we started to realize that we serve a great God that gave us a great son. He gave us Jesus, and he was the greatest. And Jesus came, and he led a great life, and he died a great death, actually, and he rose three days later in this great resurrection, and we actually believe he's going to come back in this great return, and we believe that Jesus has deposited in us great gifts and talents and abilities, and so we think anything less than this is almost like we should throw in the towel. Anything less than our greatest 
We go, it's almost insulting to God. We have such a passion for doing what we do at the highest level. And my question maybe to you is if you're not participating in helping us do great church, I go, would you start? Would you partner? We'd love to use your talent, ability, you know, giftedness to point more people to Jesus because we desperately care. We'd love that. We think our neighbors, coworkers, family members, and friends, when they're invited to a great church, they can experience Christ and life change can start to happen. So would you participate? Would you do that? You can mark it on the back of your connector card, a spot that says, you know what, I'll serve. I'm interested in serving. We'd love that. The last thing that you can write down is the, is the where and the when. Where and the when, that's our goals. And instead of writing all these up here, I'm just gonna share with you some of our goals. And these are moving. These are moving targets for us, but right now we have a few that kind of fire us up, that kind of keep us kind of narrowed in. Our goals really matter. It's how we know when we get there. It helps us know where we're going, our goals. Uh, one of them is 1,000 people at Easter. That's a big goal. <laughs> uh, so every once in a while when I say it, I'm like, I just sound like an idiot when I say that. You know, 1,000 people at Easter. That's crazy. 1,000 people at Easter. But we think if we pray some things like these, that God just might do it. God just might show up and bring 1,000 people to Easter. Another one of our goal is that our average weekly attendance would grow to 2,000 people. You might be going, 2,000? What are you smoking, man? Like, what are you talking? Well, when we started the church, I had a goal that we would see 750 people show up to City Point Church. Just so you know, we blew that out of the water on Christmas. We had 824 people show up. And it just dawned on me, my goal's too small. My goal is far too small. If we just, I mean, if we just tried a little bit, we would have, it would just be insane. So I said, you know what we gotta do? We gotta get 10% of our county 22,000 people in our county, let's go after something a little bit more dangerous than 750 people showing up to church. Deal? I said, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's make that our goal. And then we have another goal. It's hire three more full-time staff. And you might be going, good man, you are up. What is up? Well, the truth is we have one in the hopper. She's starting in June. And she's an incredible, she was with us this last summer as an intern, and then we are just searching for two other incredible high-capacity leaders. And you might go, why? I mean, you and your brother are almost all we can handle as a church, you know, and then you add Sam to the mix. Good grief. And the truth is, as we have an aggressive goal of reaching more people for Christ, seeing a 1,000 people show up to Easter, we go, you want to know what we don't want to do is we don't want to build a church that is just kind of centered around a few people. We want a church where everybody knows that they're known, that we know your story, your name, we know about your kids, we care about your marriages or your pursuit of a relationship, that we are for you as a team, as a staff and volunteers. And so we'll staff for growth and we'll staff making sure that we, as we grow to be a big church, that we remain small in kind of our feel around here. So that's what we're going to do. That's a goal of ours. And then the last goal that I'll write up here for you is reach rural Iowa. And it takes us full circle. Reach rural Iowa. God has asked us to be a church that someday starts more churches across rural Iowa. Williamsburg, an hour north of us, city of 
right around 3,000 people. I don't know why God's put that place on my heart, but he has. He's just laid towns like Sigourney on my heart, and I'm like, oh, who else cares about Sigourney? I mean, good grief. God's asked us to care. And someday, we'll start churches that start churches in places that no one else gives a fly and rip about because we really, really care. We really care, and God's asked us to care. We'll reach rural Iowa. Now, I got a couple thoughts, and then I'm going to share one last thought as we wrap it up, okay? Two thoughts is, I hope that really fires you up. I hope maybe if you're here and you haven't been around very long, you're going, whoa, man, no wonder they're doing a series called Dangerous Prayers. I mean, good luck trying to accomplish that stuff. I mean, that's a lot. And the second thing is this, a little bit more sobering, but if this doesn't get you all jacked up, there's nothing else I'll ever be able to say to get you fired up of being a part of our church. And I would say, there's no shame in you being plugged into a church that you can pray dangerous prayers for. So if it's not ours, then I'd say, go find a place that you could plug in, that you could live out their values, and go for it, because people matter too much for us to just play it safe. Now again, I'm assuming that most of us in the room are going, Ah, are you kidding me? I gotta be a part of this. I gotta be plugged into these type of things. And I'd say, right on. Then what we're gonna do is we're gonna pray boldly. We're gonna pray boldly. And if you're taking notes with me still, I wanna just ask you to write this one phrase down and then we'll ask the band to come out and play. We're gonna pray boldly because prayer works. Pray boldly because prayer actually works. And friends, if we don't pray we, pray, we don't get to see God work. Here's a quote that I love by Mark Batterson. I'll put it on the screen. He says, the greatest tragedy in life is the prayers that go unanswered because they go unasked. I love that. But it just fires me up. The, the greatest tragedy in your life might just be the prayers that go unasked. You might be in a marriage right now that's suffering because you haven't asked God to show up. You might have kids that are just hurting, but you're not praying. And I'm going, would you take a step today and start praying some dangerous prayers? Start with your family. Start with your spouse, or if you're looking for a relationship, you start praying for them. You start praying for your future spouse. You start praying for your kids, and you start asking God to do big things in your life, dangerous prayers. Because sitting around the dinner table going, God, and there's nothing wrong with praying for your meal. Would you bless this Casey's pizza? Give me it. That's too safe for me. I gotta bet the farm. I gotta ask God to show up in a big way. Listen to this verse. Pray boldly because prayer works. Check this out in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, the earnest prayer. You know what earnest means? The bold, the intense, the dangerous prayer of a righteous person has great power. And it produces wonderful results. You might be going, well, that's that's great. I haven't felt like a righteous person since never. You know, like I'm a, righteous, are you kidding me? And I go, don't miss this. One of our core beliefs is that you can't ever become righteous on your own. 
It's what you do with Jesus that counts. It's only what, it's only what Jesus has done for you and for me that makes us righteous. You know what righteous means? To be made right with God. There's nothing that you do. If you, if you could do anything, then there'd be no reason for us to, to, to exist. It's the mere fact that Jesus willingly gives us his life. He's done everything. And so this verse, it says, I love it. This is the earnest prayer of a righteous person. Someone who's just said, Jesus, I'm all in for you. That's what it says. The the dangerous prayer of someone who's all in for Jesus, what does it do? It has great power and wonderful results. Church, today, I want to ask you to pray because I so desperately want great power and I want some wonderful results. Your neighbor your coworker, your family member, and your friend. Those are people who need Christ. And your prayer has great power. And it can produce wonderful result. And when we pray, and we ask God to show up, and we do our best to do what we're going to do, I think incredible things happen. There's a verse that just just lights me up. It's in Ephesians chapter 3. It says this. It says, All glory to God who is able. He's able through his mighty power at work within us. What's he able to do? He's able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So today, we're going to pray dangerous prayers. And you might be going, all right, I'm in. Tell me what you want me to pray. On your way out, you're going to get a card. I'm just going to share what, what's on this card. Then we'll sing a song. I'm going to ask you to pray for a thousand at Easter. And some of you are going to go, a thousand's too little. I'm praying for way more. Well, any more than 1,400 would be really rough in here because it only seats 700. So just, we could add another service, I guess. But a thousand would be an incredible thing. I want you to pray for generosity. I really believe that we're supposed to bring more people on our team to love and encourage and to lead this church. And we're gonna need, we're gonna need the hearts of generosity to increase in our church. The third one is a city point hub. And you might go, what is that? That's we're starting to feel the the weight of not having a space. Not Sunday morning, we're, we're committed to the school district. We are excited about being here as long as they'll rent this out to us. We have a three-year contract, and then we'll re-up it if they'll let us. But what I would love is a, is a ministry hub where we could do Collide, which is our student ministry, life groups, and have meeting space throughout the week that's just ours, 24-hour access to ministry and small venues that we could just reach people for Christ in that way. And you might be in the room and you might go, I'm the answer to that prayer. I have a building that you could have or use, or, or maybe you're here and you're going, I could fund it or build it. And we just want to talk to you about it. City Point Hub, we know that's on the horizon. Just be quite honest. We have been hitting roadblocks time and time again as we've been pursuing this. And the last one is double. Double is each and every one of these core values. We're starting to pray that people would just go, oh man, 
Which one of these do I need to double in my life? Is it my efforts to find people? Is it serving? On and on. And we think as we do that, we'll start to see these goals be knocked off and we'll have to dream bigger. I want to pray, though, as we wrap up and sing a closing song. God, thanks so much for today. God, I want to pray right now that we would uh, we'd hear it pretty clearly. The prayer of a righteous person. There's nothing we can do to be righteous. It's all about you, Jesus. This song that we're going to sing, God, is the lyrics are, I love you, Lord. And so, God, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to just put you in first place and love you more? As we do that, God, I ask that you grow our heartbeat to reach more people for Christ. Pray this in your name. Amen. You can stand and sing with us.